Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? And welcome to our ultimate, penultimate, who could say, recording of our uh, holiday extravaganza last, here right? at Waypoint. But I don't know if this episode will be last or if this episode no, will I mean. be second. Because we, we, we did Waypoints of the year, of the decade, last Last uh, time, last year, right? Yeah, I think I true. think that makes. I like that. I like going out on waypoints instead of instead of Goaty. Goaty's business. Waypoints right. is festive. It's festive. It's this is we're, 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 we're mopping up. It's like what up? Look at this shitty year. Right. Look right. at exactly. these good games. Let's have Just a beer. Put it in Let's a talk stew. about right. Hmm. Exactly. This is this is the situation. <laughs> to pull out I'm also walking out with the voice of Patrick Klepek. You also maybe heard the hmm of Gita Jackson. <laughs> also joining us, you know what it is. You know this, Gita Jackson, and Rob Zachney also here with. Us. Rob, yeah, is Rob going? Okay, okay. <laughs> it sounded like you were just going to keep going, so I was like, I'm not going to. Your, your camera is not on, so I don't know what your affect is at the moment. Right, I don't know yeah. how to read Rob. Reading Rob, reading Rob's act. Also, Austin's is Austin Rob, Rob, Get oh. Rob an audiobook oh, collection. Beautiful Christmas oh, it's tree, a beautiful, Rob. It's a beautiful Christmas tree. That's what it is. Oh, that's beautiful. Has Mina tried to attack it? Uh, so Mina's been good about the Christmas tree. Uh, there, mm-hmm. she. I think there was kind of an interesting energy when we put the tree up. She seemed a little concerned, and she had oh. like she's she's trying to figure out what we were doing. Like she was not <laughs> happy about the entire tree decoration thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seemed to understand at some point that like something important was happening, but it was also concerning and not relevant to her. <laughs> And then she ignored the tree, and that's kind of where she's been since. Like she doesn't. Great. Occasionally she sniffs it and like boops a a uh, ornament, but she hasn't mm-hmm. investigated it much, which is probably for the best. She's just kind of like, I know what a tree is. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. It's chill. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've seen trees before. Amazing. Ugh. Well, uh, we are here with a strict time limit and a question mark as to what the day will hold in some ways. This is our Game of the Year podcast, and we decided to have kind of uh, uh, a setup where we're not going to just ramble forever. Um, I don't think there's going to be a timer involved necessarily, but we do have a hard out on both of our recordings today, and that means we have to be a little bit tighter today. But what we don't know is how we're breaking this podcast up because we don't <laughs> we haven't talked about our our Game of the Year choices. Though I bet I could infer. There was a lot of bong on a on a previous <laughs> podcast that if you're making a spreadsheet, you could yeah you could you figure, could figure out. out a couple of them. Rob is my yeah. mystery person. Reading Rob's acne again. I, I <laughs> here's my guess. Kato is Umarangi generation along with me. That's my yeah. vote. 
Patrick yeah. is Hades. You said that just before the podcast. So I tried to tell you to shut up so we could talk about <laughs> it. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been a hard. Uh, no, I knew, it was a hundred percent. I knew we were going to pick Hades. And then Gita, did you also pick Hades? Which that's where my thought is, but I don't know. Uh, no comment. <laughs> oh, so we're just. We're just are, you, <laughs> are we doing it right right now? Are we guessing I, I had right you now? Well, for Crusader Kings, that's that mm. was, yeah, I was, that was mm. gonna say. Mm. I don't know if I know. Yeah, I don't know. If any, I'm the person when you ask me to order something at a restaurant, I'm like, let me go last, please. Sure. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I still don't I know. Well, I, I think looks so good. We can continue <laughs> so, to put the caveat that um, for the purpose of this podcast, you will pick one. But right. yeah. in your list, if it differs because that day you woke up and felt differently, that's fine. Because mm-hmm. who gives Thank a shit? You, <laughs> you yeah, open up Crusader Kings and games, man. fucked around with the with the new like the character creator, where you can make different faces and stuff. If you're like, damn, this actually pushes it over the over the edge, then that it does. It is what it is. You right? honest, and if I was riding the vibe, my game of the year would be Lithium City, and it wouldn't be Hades. So. <laughs> that game fucking rules. That game is last so year, good. I, last night was... I went to a place and I went to Lithium City, and it, it ruled. <laughs> you were only there for an hour, but what an hour it was. That's fine. You know yeah. what? That's all you need. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into it then. Where do we want to start with this uh, discussion of our games of the year? I'm not going to make a guess on Rob. It could be CK3. It could be something I've never heard of. That Rob, we, but, in my um, mind, Rob Lee lives such a private life that he could bust out. He could be like, "Oh yeah, I really got into Football Manager this year." I haven't mentioned uh, it, but it's a great addition, and uh, here are all the reasons why it's the best game you didn't play this year. Uh, Alien Isolation. <laughs> Waypoints, 2020 <laughs> game of the year. Uh, he's, no, I mean, Rob, Rob would argue I put a mod in it, thus changing the game code oh. that now qualifies oh, yeah, game of the year. It becomes a new game we've, at that point. We've also always been like, fuck it. What's your game of the year? I don't care if it came out this year. Sure. That's us. Yeah. So if Rob did want to go to bat for something that came out in like I mean, 2003. Then it would be Ace Combat, possibly, but I think still. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I can just tell you. Uh, what, like the caveat, the caveat is it's been a weird year and a lot of the games I put the most time into, I didn't love. And so it's a weird thing where it's like, I played a ton of last of us too. Didn't like it, but I basically like <laughs> analyzed that crime scene, uh, you know, from, <laughs> from every angle. So don't need to, don't need to go back there. But if we want to talk about like the thing that I just fell head over heels for, and I'm looking forward to this break primarily so I can get back to playing it for hours and hours a day. Um, it's going to be Demon Souls. My game of the year is Rob Zachney. Yes. Wow. Waypoint was what worth it. What happened here? <laughs> what? I'm, I would have oh, oh like run around like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Patrick's got his hands in the air like Rocky. Also up. I, my, my camera isn't working. I promise I'm praising the sun. I'm just, all the way. He's right oh. here. <laughs> Patrick has a little Solaire. Solaire in the I have, I have no action figures on my desk except for Wii Fit Trainer and Solaris. That's my selection. <laughs> That's, not even That's so name. great. It's fine. It's fine. That sums you up. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do, but it's funnier. <laughs> Rob, let's talk about Demon Souls. Yeah, I mean, the, the caveat here is that I haven't gotten that far because I'm not good at it. Like, I've put, put a lot of time into leveling my character, but have I, like, beaten that many bosses? No, but like first trying, um, who's the boss at the end of the first stage of Tower of Latria? Uh, the fool, Phalanx? Oh, no, Latria. Uh, yeah, the fool's uh, idol or whatever. The fool's yeah. idol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fool's idol. Like having finally waded my way to that and having this full on, like, really tense cat and mouse battle with her, 
And then to have her respawn after I burned through <laughs> every single like heal item I brought into the fight, I was out of Damn. I was out of ammo. I'd been uh, cheesing her quite a bit with the bow and arrow to try and sort of stand at a distance. And because the the way that fight works was like she keeps spawning false copies of herself, and right. so I was sort of like using the uh, using the short bow. To figure out which one was the real one, because the damage hits mm-hmm. differently when you're hitting yep. the actual uh, target, and it's also and permanent. Like you, it like persists over like the like as they summon back in those the false ones. Keep that. As I had forgotten that little tidbit, like when I replayed that boss, but I was like, oh, that's such a good to keep well, that as like a really fun UI indicator. Yeah, and and so like. I have this entire battle where like a heart is in my mouth because Latry at this point, I gotten good at the early stages. Like I was, I was just fucking up those bell ringers. Uh, like, <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Like they were just big bags of, uh, souls at that point. And I loved it. <laughs> um, but I'd gone through it so many times and I'd finally gotten to a place where I was ready to, uh, hit this final stage. I didn't feel like I needed to back out and like purchase items and everything. I fight this boss and we have this huge battle in this church. It's just it's a it's a cool space. Um, it's tense as hell, and it's a tough boss fight. And I'm like, I fucking nailed it. I won. And then there's this laughter from above, and the boss spawns back in. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Um, and at that point, it was it was like I can't I can't do this again. Um, emo- like it was like one of those like I think emotionally I'll be broken. If I have to fight through this battle yet again. Uh, and so I basically had to do the fight now flawlessly. Um, where I, because you get the, the option to exit out of the fight after mm-hmm. she responds. I was like, that laughter came from above. I'll bet it's that fucker I didn't kill earlier. Oh, oh you should kill him. I thought he was going to turn into a vendor. And there have been, there've been sure. signs where yeah, it's like, that makes sense. Uh, prepare for a liar or something like that. Uh, but I'm like, that could be people trying to fuck with me who are like, totally. hey, attack this vendor uh, and like totally like hose yourself. And he seemed like a harmless little dude who's just playing with his magic balls. It sounds weird. But if you see the scene, it makes mm-hmm. sense. He's yeah, no. he's weaving spells. And it's the like a feeling little... of just sinking regret and, and disappointment <laughs> that you're describing. It's just all of 2020, and I feel like it's very appropriate that this is your game of the year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, where it's you like, oh. All I- that work, and then this little fucker's going to come and ruin it for you in a way you did not expect. Like, oh, I, you know what? I had a good day, and it's like, oh, shit. There's oh, another shit. one. Well, <laughs> 5, 5 p.m., and that motherfucker is spinning the spell. I cannot believe it. And I should have known. It was like he was right there. Like, there wasn't, like, there was evidence that, like, this guy was up to no good. But instead, I, I totally ignored that. And so I had to go back down there um, after the fact and go fight this boss a second time, this time with no ammo left to actually, like, figure out which is the real target, with no more heal items, really, to, like, endure. Because the false idols start shooting uh, lightning at you and, like... They don't track real well. Uh, it's more like they're auto-firing. But still, if you stay out in the open, you're going to get hit. Oh, it's, yeah. It, it's a bad scene. And Especially she late in that fight when there's just so many of them. Yeah. And they're all just blasting. Yeah. Right. Like, eventually, it just turns into, like, uh, 
a laser grid in the heist movie, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm supposed to go to not get fucked up by this. Mm-hmm. You just run and then whack and you're just hoping that that's going to be the one that's like, okay, great, get my get my four hits in. <laughs> oh, um, God. And, and it's at moments like these, you know, you do have to question, um, is my luck stat helping me in this situation? <laughs> Like, did I possibly? Drops don't mean shit if you can't actually drop the enemy, Rob. (laughs) Did I put too many points in the luck? Especially because the little bell guys drop a magic item that -hmm. isn't relevant to my non-magic using build. Mm. So what was that all for? Which is also a very 2020 mood. What was the point of this? What have I done? Yeah. What um, was the point of this? 2020. Yeah. Uh, but I go back down there and I start on the fight and like I'm just clicking. Like for some reason, even though the first fight was like hard as hell, the second time through I'm like, I'm rocking this. Like yeah. I I have it. I have the pattern. But I take I eat a few bad hits and I'm like, I'm fucked. Like again, like I'm out of heal items. I'm doomed. She's at half health there's no way i'm gonna do this uh with the sliver of health i have left and then i was like wait i have an item that restores my physical corporeal form oh yeah and that'll heal you too all the way baby and i was like i wonder how this works and i just hit it (laughs) and suddenly the bar fills all the way up and i was like oh shit I think I've got this. Like, I think, I think this with is this the Philly special moment there. of yeah. Rob's uh, fight in, in <laughs> the yeah. yeah. And uh, so go out there and win the fight. It was, it was an incredible feeling to, to, to finally uh, take her down and then immediately get whipped into the sky by a fucking gargoyle, uh, which was uh-huh. cool as hell. Um, and I'm like, I don't think there was anything that was anywhere near as completely absorbing or engaging as Demon Souls. Um, this also made it a harder game for me to stick with in some ways because it's a game where, like, I wasn't wrong years ago. Where I was like, I don't have time for this in my life. I still kind of don't. Right. Uh, this is a thing where I'm like, boy, this is a game that really rewards you if you have like three, four hours to burn in a sitting to just keep, you know, plinking away at this. But if I have that time, it's incredible. Like it's yeah. just <laughs> such an incredible way to spend that time. And like each time I see a new place and like encounter new things, I'm like one cool. I've made it to a new, a new location, but two, the level of tension is just through the, through the roof. Um, the, the dread I feel from seeing something I don't recognize a silhouette. I don't recognize <laughs> like sort of lurking at the back of a swamp or something. What the fuck is that? What is What's that coming at me? It's and even when you have all the information, it's still a horror game of your own making because yeah. inevitably you will fuck up despite having all the available information right in front of you. I, uh, I I have been thinking a lot about the stuff that you're talking about here, especially in terms of economies of attention um, and the ways in which different games act on me differently and to make different demands of my attention. Playing through Demon Souls this year was so great because it totally consumed me but not in the same way that something more um, – I mean, I think you can actually dial this back to when when Demon Souls was first – when Demon Souls first dropped, you know, it comes out in the midst of the open world, 
you know, explosion, right? GTA 4 had come out a couple, I mean, maybe the, a year before Assassin's Creed was kicking off. The The market was rushing towards big open world games with reused assets. And Demon's Souls always seemed like, in the Souls games in general, and I'd say FromSoft games even, even before Demon's Souls, were always focused on like, listen, we're not going to give you something that is expansive in the way that you might think. Um, uh, and, and, and yet, each space is going to be filled with really discreet, new, cool experiences. I think part of the reason Dark Souls blows up so much bigger than Demon's Souls does is because it weaves that together with the feeling of an open world, a big interconnected place yeah. where you're not necessarily in a sandbox the way you are with GTA or something like that, but you can still feel like you're exploring a big unified world in that way. Um, you definitely want to go to Undead Burg first, but you, right, know, but you don't, you have, don't to. have to. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't and feel like you're choosing a you know, a sequential, uh, exactly. like, you know, a uh, stone as you are in, in Demon Stone. Totally. Demon's but, but to some degree, it felt like a return to form in, in that way to classic games at all. I've always felt like those games were the, the kind of successor to like the Castlevania games, for instance, um, where it's like, okay, what's cool in this level? What, what new enemy types am I getting, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so, it's so good at, you know, I, I'm playing through cyberpunk right now and that, has a different effect on my attention, which is the same effect that Fallout or Skyrim does, which is like it is meant to grind my brain into a mush that then just filters through a uh, you know a filter for for uh, eight hours and nothing really is happening unless I'm on main story stuff and it's just like all right I'm turning my brain off and Demon Souls can make the same amount of time disappear but in such a more fulfilling way where it's about turning up that attention and zeroing in just on what's happening on my screen. Uh, so good, good pick, Rob. I'm I'm right there with you on this oh, one. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't pick it as my game of the year, but only because I played uh, it once before. Yeah, I can't. Year. Yeah, the, tr- the the trick that you got to experience, to, I knew. I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't kill him this time because it would be more fun to be surprised. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I, it's beautiful. It's in like the like 10B because it's like I really enjoyed be playing it. But like, there's a reason I haven't beat the final boss. It's like, yeah, okay, like I did it. Like I could go yeah. finish this, I guess. But I've already experienced this, and so. Um, I will say that the way that Rob described the thing that that hooked him for me for him was like the first time where I felt like there might be an inroad to Demon mm. Souls for me. I am also a player very similar to Rob. Rob and I have a similar taste in games where um, I like the experience of just dumping a like a three good hours into something and slowly, very very slowly, watching myself get a tiny bit better at it. Like that sense of tension feels similar to like a Dwarf Fortress tension for me Mm. or what I'm really digging about Parasper right now, which is like, I will set myself a goal and then like three hours later, I'll reach it. Totally. (laughs) That's totally the way you can play Demon's Souls. And like, I think that that, I think that unlocking that particular mode of play in your own brain instead of the sort of like, I have to go forward, I have to go forward. And instead mm-hmm. of saying like, all right, I'm going to try to find a shortcut. That's like, if I can find a shortcut tonight, that's progress for me. Or I'm just going to yeah. grind some health items or I'm just going to try to upgrade the sword tonight. If I can upgrade the sword tonight, then I've done it. Um, yeah. That feels really good. It's a stereotype to say like, it feels like scaling a mountain, but I, I do mean this in sort of the like Playing Demon Souls for me has felt like undertaking a series of expeditions, <laughs> not just like playing levels. Like the way I'm approaching a lot of these spaces is like, okay, I need to master, I need to master this part of the slope, right? Like as long mm-hmm. as these guys are a major challenge where it's kind of a crapshoot if I'm gonna get through them uh cleanly, then I'm not really gonna progress because I'm gonna burn through too many resources clearing this early area. This is where I where I ended up with the Isle of Storms, where like I was having such inconsistent results with fighting the early skeleton dudes. 
Uh, and people were like, well, you really need to figure out like your like people were like, oh, do you realize that um, like button presses plus movement change your changes your attack animation uh-huh. and like your character will do something different. And I hadn't totally pulled together that I was in complete control of that. And so the realization that like, oh, shit, like I can control spacing this way now. And that was a complete game changer. But it meant the next thing I had to do was get real comfortable at mastering that kind of footwork. And OK, so how do these first few encounters go? How, how does that go? Then I can move on to the next area. Where's the shortcut I can unle- unlock? And that's really satisfying, too. I think if the game were just about eating shit and then like getting <laughs> beat on by a boss that you struggle to reach and then being like, well, I guess I have to do that again until I figure it out. I think I wouldn't like this, but that aspect of it where you get to know the territory really well and say like, okay, here's how I'm going to break this into chunks intellectually and figure out like how to, how to put these stages together. And then I can start working on like the final run uh, through this area. It's just inordinately satisfying. Um, Yeah. Nothing else like it for me. Great choice, Rob. Well, thank you for, for, I, for I starting like us off we, with a bang. We won. Awesome. Yeah, game of the year for me. <laughs> Rob's and, and the pod. We don't need to talk anything else. Rob picked demons. Cool. We're good. We're good. for 2020. God. I'm safe, healthy, and Rob likes demon souls. <laughs> we made it through 2020. Um, uh, who wants to go next? Who's, who's can you itching? help me decide? Yeah. What <laughs> sure. you, what you, that can be part of the process. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Lay out, lay out so, this. It's Crusaders and Hades, right? In Animal Crossing. Oh, no. I mean, Animal Crossing, Ooh. the thing is, like, I, here's, I mean, I think ultimately, I think what I'm going to pick is Hades. And I think this is the reason why. Crusader Kings and Animal Crossing are really great games that were really emotionally important for me this year. Um, but I don't know when I'm going to play them again next. And I am, like, seconds away from just playing Hades nonstop every single day. <laughs> like, the longer time goes on. I'll have moments where, like, I'm not playing Hades right now. I'm checking out other games. But I feel like Hades is a game that has been, like, a real, like, a place for me to return to. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, like, Crusader Kings is just this incredibly massive and beautiful experience. Like, it is such a web of just like actual what feels like real humanity after a while where it feels like characters are just actually real living people. I just keep thinking back to Rob the Fox from our stream where just we had these incredible experiences with his children just like trying to make succession work or um, just uh, like moments in in Crusader Kings I've had where I, I had I mentioned this in my review I think but I mentioned up marrying my granddaughter to who would the character that would be the heir to the entire empire, meaning that my dynasty would then like have some stake in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then before they became of age and could ascend the throne, an aunt I'd never heard of came in and murdered them both. I was just like, (laughs) yeah, like moments like that. Narrative experiences, I don't know. It it feels like- you know? It feels like there are there are three options here that mean different things for what you what game of the year might mean for you. Yeah. In that, like the Crusader Kings thing feels almost not that it isn't that it isn't like uh, emotional or something like that, but there is a degree of like stepping back and looking at this machine that works wonders and being like, I should reward the thing that is an accomplishment in design and programming. Not that Animal Crossing and that Hades don't have those things, but like when you mm-hmm. look at Crusader Kings three and go, like, wow. 
like God made wonders, God made Crusader Kings three. Uh, that's you know, it's inc- it's like wow, this is incredible. Um, uh, but but then you look at your relationship to something like Animal Crossing or Hades, and it sounds like especially with Hades, that's something that you return to all year. You started even before the year, having played it in early access. But then to this through this year, it became a place to return to and yeah. a place where you you felt some like you Animal know, Crossing's music just, made you cry. Right, yeah, it, exactly. Like, it, I didn't know that it was going to make me cry. Like, I didn't know it was that important to me until I heard the music. And I was just like, this game, when I was feeling so low, rescued me from <laughs> just like the horror of 2020, uh-huh. you know? But like, also, I feel like part of me wants to pick Hades because it feels like it splits the difference between all three of these right. options. Where like, Hades is a, me- is a mechanical wonder. I think it is yeah. some, it's the best game that Supergiant has ever designed. It, it is the ultimate expression of their skill as designers to the, to the point where it made me enjoy a roguelike game, a genre of game I notoriously do not like. Right. Um, I, and it's, and it's also, but it is also was, it was the game I played before I moved in with David. Right. You know, when I was just sitting around in my apartment thinking about how much I missed him, even though he lived a literal 10 minute walk away from me. I spent a month just not being able to talk to him (laughs) or see him, you know, and that was like a very painful time. And I played Hades throughout that entire time. And Hades is a game about escaping hell. (laughs) (laughs) Did you escape? Yeah. Have we escaped? Yeah. Yeah, escaping, I mean, you don't escape hell in Hades either. You make hell a good place to be, and you do that by connecting with other people. Damn, if only we could learn that lesson in real life, huh? Shit. Uh, that we live in hell and we can never leave. Yeah, I feel like we still learn that one. <laughs> yeah, let's pull ourselves up from the blood again and again, and uh, get a yep. tip from Hypnos where he basically insults you by saying some yep. shit you know. I yeah, Hypnos. I <laughs> know Hypnosis I shouldn't is just let my Twitter mentions, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, did you try dodging shit? Did you try like... you tried not hitting the guys with shields in their shields? Did you? Yeah, dude, I tried. <laughs> there are four of them. What do you want from me? God damn. Oh, the poison got you? Every time he talks about how the, the, the satyr's poison gets you, I am like, shut the fuck up, yeah, Hypno. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that poison. God. Anyway, <laughs> but, no, I think that that makes sense now. I think, I think that idea of splitting the difference with Hades adds up to me. I think that's... Yeah. I, I just, can't vote know. for your game of the year, but, I, you know. I think it... I think it is Hades. I'm giving myself the right to change my mind if I do, but the more I think about it, and then I guess this is where Patrick joins the conversation, is like, I just think Hades was the the game that defined video games for me and the place they hold in my life in this year. Yeah, it's, um, Hades is so fascinating to me because I don't know that I, like we talked about in a different uh, podcast talking through the year where I was like, I'm still angry that I didn't like Doom Eternal more than I did, but because just because how much I liked um, the original Doom and thought, oh, that's like where that sequel will go and I'll like it even more probably. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the game was most disappointed in this year was probably Spelunky 2, which is not to say it's a bad game. But mm-hmm. from the moment I saw that game, the first time I played it, like I already kind of had in my head, like I think I already know how I feel about this without having seen yeah. any more of it, which is that, you know, to, you know, steal the common, you know, mountain like uh, analogies, like, I did that. Like I I did Spelunky and it was super satisfying. I will always look back on that experience. But I don't know that I want to do it again in that format and not enough is different. And mm-hmm. may, I'll probably get around to it when it comes to Switch and maybe I'll change my mind. But like the f- five hours I played was like, yeah, okay. 
What's up? You're spelling key <laughs> yep. too. Um, and and Hades came around at the same time, hitting 1.0, in which I was finally like, cool. I'm, I'm now I'm gonna spend my time playing this. Um, and it just scratched all the exact same itches, which is getting into a world that is um, punishing and mysterious and weird, and just bashing your head into it over and over again. And mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite. Uh, part of the reason I really like the Souls games, but I like roguelikes, um, uh, is the invisible progress in which you can't tangibly sit down and say, oh, over the course of these two hours, I've accomplished anything. Because I haven't beaten the game. I haven't really unlocked anything. Um, and especially in a roguelike where you're playing the same material over and over again, you may not be able to like sit down and put in a notebook, hey, like this this is what I learned on this Hades run today while you know the Americans played in the background. But you know, <laughs> six hours later, when Wait, you what? put together the run, I'm not watching the Americans, but I'm doing that as like a way to remind myself <sighs> that I should go back and watch that at some point. I watched the first one. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> <Wow. laughs> Dude, that way you like, all you also watch the Americans. <laughs> Where I was like, oh yeah, something that had we'll play the Americans out in the background. I was like, okay. I don't know why uh, I I should have. I should have said anything. Watchmen, uh, uh, Lovecraft Uh Country. I could have picked a show Uh that I was actually watching. That one just came to mind to just like hit myself in the face that you should watch past like the first four episodes of the first season. Yeah, by the time that like six hundred people email us asking where you are in the Americans, you'll be like, Uh oh yeah, I should probably watch the fucking Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so what I, you know, I, I wrote a piece about this about why Hades was one of the most satisfying experiences that I had this year playing games was when I went from, I beat the game once and then I think I died one more time. Um, and then I beat the game eight times in a row. Like I just, then I, then I did it where you get to like the, one of the, the credit ending before you can do the epilogue stuff. And it's just looking back on that as such a strange experience because I went from like constantly dying to the first boss every time getting so mad when you're facing one of the, the, the original sisters and like the one that uh, mm-hmm. like locks you into smaller arenas being oh, like, great, yes. like I'm just going to die to this yeah, one or I'm going to come out so weak that th- the rest of the run isn't going to matter. And now it's just like, go fuck yourself. Like I'm going to walk in yeah. here <laughs> and I'm going to crush any of you that come in. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a weird build. doesn't matter. I'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> and and just spinning those off and then looking back and realizing over the course of that 25, 30 hours, whatever it is, um, how much progress did happen without me being able to map it in the way that traditionally when I play games is I like to play things with discrete objectives of like mm-hmm. accomplish this, do this, and I can look back. And even like a Demon Souls or a Dark Souls, like you beat a boss, right? And it's like, cool, like that is a mark of progress. And like because of my limited time and also just the way my brain is wired, that's what I find so satisfying about games. But I also find that invisible progress really satisfying when you can look on the lay of the land of how far you've come over those hours and Hades just did that for me. It gave me all the feelings I get from a the, a Souls game, a Spelunky, and just to get to the top of that mountain and be like, this fucking rules. I feel like I have mastered this game. I've never felt compelled to go back. I will absolutely when they do whatever like expansion and I'll be oh, so excited yeah. to come back and do it. But it's so interesting to play a game and then feel released from it. Like I got mm-hmm. to that, I got to the end, I looked up the video of the epilogue and I was like, I've never picked it up. I've hovered over the icon and then I recently uninstalled it so I could make more room on my Switch because I feel like I've done it. I, I've, I've made my peace with Hades and I can move on to other things. But that time that I spent in September, October was like, I, I was excited to sit down and like, yeah, let's watch a TV show. Like, I'm not going to go yeah. sit in my office and like separate <laughs> from my wife. I mean, I we, we have discrete time where we make sure we're together each night. But mm-hmm. like, I would like, yeah, fuck it. Let's watch another episode. Like, I, I don't need to go down <laughs> yeah. there. Like, I got I got this Hades thing. And I remember the, the first night that I beat 
um, Hades, the, the, the final boss, um, we were watching an episode and I, my hands were sweating and I was so excited, but I didn't, despite having been with my wife for, uh, moving on into a second decade uh, fairly soon, um, I did not have the courage to like fully express myself in that moment and explain why I was so excited. (laughs) I mean, I did. I was like, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just... Who beat this? I just beat this oh. boss. It was just, but like I wanted to like get up on the couch and like, who, 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 who. God. So I, anyway, I feel, that's. I mean, that's pretty much the same like kind of joy that this game gave me. Like I was before I moved with David. Like that was like we were. We got to the point where he would stand at the bottom of my stoop and I would stand at the top of my stoop and we would have conversations. We would just like cry at each other essentially because <laughs> we we couldn't touch each other. Uh, we didn't know. We didn't know what we could do. That was, you know, that, was, that like was in, in the, the UPS days. packages show up, and you're wondering, do I need to put this somewhere yeah. for 48 hours? And oh no, I'm uh, I'm washing all of my fruit with, with yeah. dish soap to clean <laughs> with it dish off. Dish soap, yeah, yeah. Those were those hours of the pandemic before we understood like what the scope and scale of the virus was. But um, like during that time, like engaging in that world and then being able to set my own goals in the game and to also right. to have a sense of time passing because that was also like a huge issue at that part of the pandemic. Your time just got compressed and expanded in very strange yeah. ways. Like that became like such a, a marker for me of like how my life and my experience of the world. And like not only that, but the game like Super Giant has always been very good, I think, at giving players emotional payoffs for gameplay progress. But this game is all built around that feeling of invisible progress, I think, where it sh- gives you a lot of different kinds of ways to show you how the world has changed since you started playing the game and like with the mark that you've left on it. And then also like the, the way I, I remember also my experience of dying to the, the Fury sisters constantly, just over and over and over and over and over, like, and like feeling like I would never beat them and feeling like I could never get better at this game. And now, and then the moment when I like realized for myself that like that boss fight no longer scared me, or even, I think even more so is the moment when I started reliably being able to beat uh, Theseus and the bull. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was it Those for me, two. too. That's when, like, yeah. the game, sure. like, like I, I realized I had cracked the egg. I was like, yes, oh, exactly. no, Hades is oozing out of this egg. <laughs> um, and, I'm going, yeah. and I'm going to lick it up as it turns out. Um, but it yeah. was, that's when, like, the game's secrets sort of like, oh, like, I have, fi- like, once I figured out that boss, everything else was just a matter of, We'll just do this a little bit more and yeah. you'll be fine. Like that that boss is I consider mastering that boss to be the final boss of Hades yeah. on a skill level. Because usually yeah. you come out of that just licking your wounds and then you get to some poison and you make a mistake in the final <laughs> area. Damn. And it's just all over. Whereas Fucking once you come out of there yeah. and you're just like man, like the occasional like one out of four times that you get the Minotaur first, and it's like, buddy. Just yeah. no, let's not do this. Like, make it easier on yourself. Like, have someone else here to help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. God. That's really I, when the game shifts. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, at that point also is when I started doing things that I don't normally do in games. Like, uh, I'm, I, uh, I was a child who was in gifted programs and absolutely uh, have that complex about not being able to do things unless I'm good at them immediately. And right. I was horseshit at Hades like for a very long time. I mean, like I I, I played, you know, I consider this to be a genre in which I have, 
part of the reason I like playing them is like I've developed a certain like foundational confidence that, okay, yeah. I don't know what the, the, the I feel around with my hands. I don't know what the rules are here, but like I know I'm good at platformers and action games and I know my fingers mm-hmm. are going to respond. And like I have a, I have like a baseline of confidence. Whereas like this sounds like a game that like helped you, like that doesn't come out of nowhere. That comes yeah. out of like a games need to help you get there for you to have the confidence to try them or other ones like it. And it yeah. sounds like, you know, I think the legacy of Hades will be, look, you can make a game that is satisfying to like the high end, like the, 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 the high, high skill, uh, ceiling players. And also doesn't forget folks who might be interested. And this is like a great critique of like the souls games in general. Like I wish yeah. that those games, those games do have some of that stuff, but I wish they had more because I think there are just larger groups of people that would get into those games and then, and then cast aside those, uh, th- those like kind of guardrails in favor of like where they, what they enjoy once they have that foundational knowledge. But Hades just does such a terrific job yeah. of identifying, you know, I bet more people would like this game if it just, it's not even a, a holding hand. It's just, it's structural. It's like for you, said, the invisible progress isn't invisible. They mm-hmm. find ways of marking it and talking about it. And that yeah. is a way as a player feeling like, Oh, that 45 minutes wasn't wasted because, and it's not just a conversation tree. It's, it's all sorts of tiny little things that, that mark like a, that a goalpost, like move forward, even if it's not, uh, you know, triggering the end credits and, yeah. and Souls right, games could do it, that better. And, and Hades did it very well. I would make it like a goal for myself to get to certain like, uh, stages of the game. Like I'll be like, okay, I got to make it to, uh, 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 Elysium because I want to further the plot line between right. Patroclus and like I and then that would become the point of the game for me rather sure. than like beating it you know rather than this like really intense obsession with like becoming the best kind of player I would have or I want this I one upgrade like, like oh you know yeah. what like I want better rare drops so I'm gonna focus on the weapon that gives me like you know the yeah. bonuses on 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 this certain drop and I'm gonna that that's gonna be this run so yeah if it's if it doesn't go well because I don't like this particular weapon that's great because I just wanted to 200 items that I can dump into this upgrade because that's like a a small stepping stone on like the larger path that I'm I'm climbing. open the game, just go into the prophecy list and be like, which ones of these do I think I can complete today? And just try to do them. And that was incredibly satisfying. That became really fun on the subsequent like runs where I like internalized the skill arc. And then it was like, okay, I want to do more of these prophecies. I, even though this isn't what I want in my build, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go with the game as saying like you could help fulfill a prophecy if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. and, I was like, <laughs> and on some level, it became like a like a, an extra challenge. It's like okay, this is gonna this is gonna spoke my build in a direction that I wasn't kind of planning for, but it often resulted in just very strange ways of playing that yeah. ended up being satisfying all on their own. Yeah. Because ultimately, the designers of Supergiant are so smart that like. You you almost are never going to run into a build that is completely broken. It might not be yeah. to your particular skill set, but there's a reason they're marking those things. And if you just generally trust them, you you will often end up with something that, if if not results in you beating the game, you have just a an interesting experience that was worth yeah. having. And then at the maybe you get the the prophecy fulfilled, which gets you a bunch of items, which gets mm-hmm. you an upgrade, and then like yep. the whole like loop is just filled in again. Yeah. And it's even fun just to like, I would always, I would sometimes I would just like pick uh, two trinkets. Like I'll be like, okay, I'll start off with the trinket of this guy. And then when I get to the next stage, I'll pick the trinket of this god. And then right. just try to only pick boons from like a couple of different gods. And like just seeing how the, these effects played with each other. Like I really love doing, um, because of the mythology, the Greek mythology. I'm on I my love phone. Doing, Sorry. Um, oh, we love you're you, good. Austin. And you love that Apologies. you're on your phone. Um, I loved 
doing Athena and Ares. So in Greek mythology, Athena is also a goddess of war, but she's the goddess of wise, just war, where Ares is the god of just like war in its spirit of wanton slaughter. So his effects are all about um, doing much damage as possible, and her effects are all about uh, shielding the player, and they're all defensive. So it was super fun to just like to see how it would force you to play when you are maximizing offense and defense in this really intense way. Or to do like, oh, I like doing um, lightning. Let's do Zeus and Poseidon because of uh, their brothers who hate each other and also like lightning and water. That sounds like a fun combo. And just seeing like what it would be like to play like that. It's a game that I enjoy being bad at. Like I don't like being bad at things. And this is a game that has made me accept that I'm not good at everything. And also it's fun to learn. (laughs) It's fun to learn to be better. I agree. Yes. That's why that's why Hades is my game of the year. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've solved video games. You don't need We've any more it. now. Nope. <laughs> Except maybe like an expansion to Hades. Like but before yeah. we cancel video games, it's just like whatever that like winter expansion or some other whatever they're going to do, like give me then we can get rid of video games forever. Joe Biden will make video games illegal. illegal. Joe Biden is going to task from software. <laughs> oh my god, Sekiro expansion. Yeah. Um, yes, thank as part you. Part of a trade agreement. Um, and you know, we're gonna be disappointed in in, in, in Pete Buttigieg, but don't worry, we'll get that Sekiro add on. I cannot believe I cannot. Mm. Yes, you mm. can. Yes, you can. Oh, is that what Yes You Can was always supposed oh. to be? <laughs> yes You Can believe this shit? <laughs> you can we are in will. the promised land. Yes You Can believe I will appoint a banker? Okay. To my Not that Pete is a banker, but just generally Secretary speaking. of Transportation. Trans- yeah, Pete is transport, and I don't... Does, He's does... going to transport us to... Always um... loves buses. So, He's fucking Bible always has. loved trains. See, the thing is, Joe Biden does motherfucking love trains. And I was he hoping does. that the one thing he would Amtrak do would do some good shit for the trains in this country. <laughs> but he appointed no. a mayor, a small town a small, mayor. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the thing. It's like uh, That place doesn't even have a subway, right? No, it fucking does not. It has buses, it's presumably. in Indiana? It's a college town. It's your definition it's a of a subway. Town. You get a sandwich. You get a sandwich. <laughs> $5 foot long. Pete Buttigieg knows about See, that. That's- that's yeah. what went wrong. Is like in his pitch meeting, Pete was like, "Look, we got a lot of subways in South <laughs> uh, Indiana." Yeah. Joe got a little confused and was like, "Wow, this man really loves transportation." Some friends of mine really worked with the bread prices of subway. Don't worry about it. Oh shit! Uh, wow. It's all it all links together. Wow. Um, yeah, not surprised to see a rat in subway, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, should we move on to the final game? And I say yeah. that because I'm pretty sure Kato and I are aligned. I think it would yeah. be surprising. Break. I'm successful. We should take a break. Let's yeah, take a quick probably. break. Good, good call, Rob. Um, so let's take a quick break and, and we'll come back in a, in a second. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back. Uh, and my voice should sound fine, but if there's any weirdness, it's because uh, Spectrum cable internet does not want you to know the truth about Umarangi generation. Uh, they don't want us to talk about how good it is. Uh, they cut off my internet. Oh, God they damn. said, Austin, you're not allowed to talk about games you love. <laughs> the UN called them Spectrum. Optimum said, not today. <laughs> not today, motherfucker. I'm going to sneeze one second. Well, while we're waiting for Bless you to you. sneeze, Rob just posted meta pics in the chat. Thank you for these great meta Amazing. Picks. This is important. I'm going to die. Great. This is an adorable pop right here. Well, just wait until we get the photographer shots we got. Oh, um, my God. Excuse me? So this is how they oh, get oh, you. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Just, I'm sorry, Austin. One second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to address this. Uh, so we donated to we, we donated to an animal charity. And one of the like, like sweeteners for that was uh, people who donate will get uh, some professional photographer shots of of their of their pet and this is all being done through the daycare where mina goes and the thing was you get you get three like you get three sort of gratis and then then you're all then you're all good but of course you have the option you know if you don't just want three you could buy more ah that's how they get it you know let me tell you uh the real price of these things is ridiculous and yet i'm like you know I mean, she's only going to be one-year-old puppy once, so sure. I think it almost behooves me to spend like three hundred dollars on a series of poster-sized prints of my animal <laughs> that I can hang on the living room wall. Listen, uh, that is worth so much more than three hundred dollars. <laughs> that was a bargain you got yeah, right there. <laughs> Especially like Fuck. this guy put in work because Mina basically rioted throughout the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, "I'm at daycare. Where are the other dogs?" And just like threw a tantrum. And so you wouldn't, but you wouldn't know that from the pictures. Uh, in the pictures, she looks very happy and Muppet like. But um, apparently, she was an unholy terror. Oh, of course. But that's what a- that's the business model of like, yeah, <laughs> you can have three free photos, but of course, then there's these other eight adorable pics. Do you want those to be lost <laughs> like tears in the rain? And I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> Wow! Absolutely oh wait, so they the take them that. first, yeah, and then you have yes. to decide. Yeah, dude, oh, that's cruel. Dude, you that's get cruelty. You get like look, like a spread. Twenty shots yeah. of God your pet looking just transcendent. This, 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 this is how these this is how photos. all this works. This is how kids like yeah. like your endo photos. Fuck work. that shit. No, this, this is, is a racket. Um, we did we did ones as a look, family if, a year ago that we found out as we were purchasing the ones to the the, the best photo we've taken as a family. You just can't have them without like the logo in the corner. Like mm-hmm. you just have to have the insignia what? of the, mm-hmm. the company. No. Like you can, can yeah. you pay extra? Is it just like a fortune to pay? Extra? Oh, like a thousand dollars to yeah, have that. Right, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Wait, what? God Wait, hold on. hold on. We can't. We can't. We're not. We're not. We t- no. stop. <laughs> No, it's, no, we're, this is it. We're getting justice for the no, clippings. No, my brain hurts. So wait, you buy the photo. The watermark is still there. What the fuck am I buying the photo for? You're licensing the photo mm-hmm. for personal use. But no, it's you like just a get, car where you, you just, just get like a preview it from with, the dealership. A, with a watermark, right? It's just a preview. No, yeah, the preview no. has the watermark. The, no. the Patrick final is the saying final, the final Pat- photo has the watermark. Uh-huh. Yeah, Patrick is saying the final photo, fi- unless you spend $1,000. <laughs> is it easy to crop out? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we ended up doing. And the, po- <laughs> the pictures, the pictures were so good that it was yeah. like I still feel like Patrick's what we should trick. do is hire you, a fucking hacker and get you, you the originals. <laughs> well, oh, I was, I was gonna say we need to hire a fucking button man and shut this guy down. Shut it down. <laughs> Stuff <laughs> doesn't fly in my neighborhood. One of, one of Katie's best friends is a uh, like designer and can do anything in Photoshop. But nice. the next time, like whenever next year we make it out to New York, and I probably drag the family. Like, put a beer in front of Katie and then just bring up this story. Just like Patrick mentioned one time, she will. Um, oh, I can't wait. She'll talk you off. Wait. She has big yes. thoughts on what occurred oh, man. Uh, during that. It's a very good story. Much I'm love excited. To Katie. There's, a lot, there's a lot more to it that I can't explain on this podcast, is what I'll say. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, okay. Secret stories. I just um, get ready for fucking seeing high school senior photos, buddy. Like, you're going to have an experience. That is a scam and a half. Uh, all right. Speaking of photos, yeah, speaking of photos, blame capitalism. Honestly, if if artists and photographers (laughs) were paid more in general, maybe they wouldn't have to fucking run rackets in order to survive. Uh huh. That's yep. fair. Which is which is I think uh, part and parcel with uh, Umerlangi Generation, one of uh, the best games of the year. Definitely my favorite. Kato, I know you also had very strong feelings about it. Um, I, I think the place for me to come in on it is is touching on something that we already have talked about a lot here, which is attention. And like time. Um, when I think about this game, it's easy. When I talk about this game, it's easy to just talk about it in uh, really broad descriptive terms. It's a game where you're a photographer, you go between levels. It has lots of similarities with a walking simulator in that it's about looking around an environment, understanding storytelling through through environmental storytelling details. Um, and then it's sort of like that plus a uh, an interesting photography game in which you have the tools to take really interesting photos, but you're tasked with with uh, finding uh, and taking kind of mundane ones, um, ones that will lead you around the level and force you to, to pay attention to things. But, you know, um, part of the, the sort of, I guess, thematic conceit with the game is that you're being paid to do kind of rote work instead of tinkering and uh, getting good shots. You're just being paid to like, Go find the word cops and take a photo of it. Go find three feathers and take a photo of it. Um, and and that's that's like one way to talk about this game. For me, the other way to talk about this game is that partially because what I wanted to do was unlock all of the bonus photography stuff that you get through the course of doing all the side objectives. And partially because I just loved the level so much, I spent hours uh, exploring this game even though it's something that once you know where everything is, you could theoretically speed run it in yeah. like, you know, under an hour easily. Um, um, but I spent so much time in these places looking for the the film canisters, but also just taking photos, and discovering new things about the world, discovering new things about the the, the people there. I guess we should say outright that we are going to talk spoilers. Um, I, you know, the previous segments talked a little bit about some spoilery stuff. We talked about one of the bosses in Demon Souls. And obviously we talked about like some beats in Hades. Um, but, but but also every time we, we've talked about this game, we've yeah, even dodged exactly. the, the premise, which <laughs> that, we have to, to which we have to, which we should we say to. now, right? Yes, which is, yeah. um, this is a game, um, you know, Umurangi means um, red sky, uh, and uh, I believe Kata, you said it's a it's a Maori word predating the recent fires, um, but um, uh, it it it. You know, the the creator of the game uh, made this game in response to the wildfires, which lit the skies red. Um, And this is a game about the end of the world and in a very specific way. It's a game about um, giant monsters (laughs) and giant mechs uh, fighting 
and you are at the very, very bottom of it all. Um, you are regular people. You're a regular person trying to to make their way through it. Um, and uh, seeing the machinations and politics and machinations, please. Sorry, the machinations <laughs> is actually right. Um, because you know, the first few levels of this game, you start getting small things. You get like. Hey, what are these like fighter jets doing <laughs> flying over? This why can't I town? take? Pi- why does the game keep yelling at me when I take pictures of these blue blobs that are everywhere? Yeah, there's like little <laughs> blue jellyfish, basically. Like it says, "Don't do that. Don't take a photo of them." And then you know, you know, you, you see people dancing. You see people in the street. You go to a couple of different places. Hey, there's a lot of like discussion of some sort of first wave of attacks. You see uh, shrines to people who were lost, seemingly in a war. Um, then you find you find a you know there's specifically graffiti that says like so and so was lost. Uh, she saved us from the kaiju, and you're like, oh word, oh word, <laughs> oh, the kaiju, okay. Oh, Is that the kaiju? like a euphemism, like a yeah, K-A-I-J-U <laughs> sort of thing. And then you get that level where you return to this kind of um, it's almost like a, a like a tower or like a bird's nest or something like not literally a bird's nest but like a military base that's up on a platform. And you'd been there once before, and it's just like gray drab place where people are like, you know, the UN soldiers smoking in their barracks, and you have, you know, you and your friends just kind of like looking out at the sunset. And you go back there at night when it's under attack, and in the dark, you know, under the tracer fire, you see shapes beginning to move. Uh, and you're like, oh shit, no, that's a kaiju. That's a giant <laughs> that's a fucking- jellyfish yep. thing. Um and the the little blue guys are everywhere on the like you know spread across the 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 ground um and people are yelling and people are in pain uh and suddenly this game takes a a real turn as the rest of the levels um end up being about escaping that attack um and uh trying to to um you as the player i think make sense of what is going on around you um you know eventually you see a counterattack with like three like it's just Ava units one, two, and three, you know, uh, uh, one, yeah. two, and three basically going to 100%. fight this thing, hundred uh, percent. Being on a train trying to get away from, it, which is a fantastic level. Um, and Patrick, you talked about that level a few times on the podcast. Yeah, I think now. it's my 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 favorite one because it has the most sort of like dense amount of storytelling. That, <sighs> it's like, so in, good in a, in a single space. Whereas a lot, none of the levels are particularly well. The DLC of which I played the most of it didn't get quite to the end last oh. night has much more expansive. Uh, yes. Areas. Uh, it's fine if we spoil that, Kato. Like, okay, yeah, we, okay. I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We have to. I tried really. I tried really hard. I made it past the swamps, and then looked up how much there was to go. And I was like, I got so close, so close, but it was twelve fifteen, and that's that's my bedtime. But um, that's fair. But like, I, I, it's the even in the large place spaces, there is still a density to the the storytelling that is really impressive. Yeah, and then so so to to kind of spoil the the main game, basically. You get to is the I guess the the final full level is you're back on the rooftop from the beginning of the game. Yeah. The the three mechs are on one side of the screen, and there's another unit on the far right, um, and you're taking photos of that first space. But now it's been kind of turned into this this battleground, um, um, and then you get this incredible slow walk through the ruins until you see this like living godlike creature up on a tower. It is the most, like, end of Ava shit. Like, Patrick, I'm so glad in <laughs> retrospect that we watched Ava so you could pull from those touchstones while playing sure. this, despite everything. Um, um, I still, lo- I still love the imagery of that show. Yeah, how yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, about yeah. the characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, like, and that was already probably my game of the year for a lot of reasons, which are which is, like, this is a game that um, understand, or like, inter- in, I guess interrogates the idea of, like, what to do 
at the end of the world, what to do when the world is in crisis um, and it feels like your things are hopeless. And and it has this kind of like – it's not optimism. It's not like, well, obviously we can get through this if we pull together. Mm-hmm. It's it's but – it, but it is a sort of like refusal, like an angry refusal to give up on the things we already love, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Kato, I don't know how it, you feel about that, it, just talking about the main game here. No, definitely. I think in some ways the way that it kind of shifts in that last level to um, – Obviously, like you're getting paid throughout for like every picture that you take, which um, really kind of centers this idea of like survival. And then there's obviously the turn at the end where it's like you're not sure if you're going to survive this, but you still you still take a photograph because the kind of um, the act of, of creation of picture making of picture taking is still a creative one. And, you know, you're going to have that creative impulse no matter what. And it's like under it's it's like it's a kind of an, uh, um, you know, it's the game has come to an understanding of like there's a finality here. You try you you may be tried. You're not sure if how 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 much you were like kind of stamped out. But like what was important ends up being kind of that you um, you don't you don't. It's like you lose hope for the world continuing or you lose hope for um, uh, the people. You lose hope for like the people in power paying attention to you is really what it feels Mm -hmm. like in that base game. Um, It's like you you can see the kind of the the, like uh, the difference between like average people's reactions to what is happening and which is like going to VR arcades, yeah. watching movies about the kaiju attacks, yeah. and the first wave, which you only kind of hear about a little bit, right? Um, but like you know, there's there's the signs of people kind of burrowing their heads in the ground. I don't want to say like it's judgmental about that necessarily, no, no. but it's but it but it like there's a degree to which what it's judgmental about is going into isolation i think there's right. lots of like here's your gamer palace go into your gamer palace and ignore <laughs> everything uh, um, but but it's never but i don't think that i think that it sees that as capitalism's response or positions that as capitalism's response to to crisis absolutely. just to commodify trauma right right and to like turn it around and turn it into movies give people a way to bury their heads and not want to resist what's happening because the, the other angle of what's going on throughout all these levels is that the un has come here also we should say that this, this game takes place in in uh uh let me see if I, rem- I always struggle with the pronunciation of maori words but uh aotearoa which is the maori word uh for the land that is became new zealand or was was, was eventually settled as new zealand um, and uh, is about um, as much it's as much about the kaiju attacks as it is about the UN occupying this space uh, yeah. and effectively colonizing it and becoming the de facto authority. Um, you know, pushing away local governance. Um, and and so I do think that there is a world or a way in which this game is immediately talking about that stuff in a way that very few games are. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's not especially didactic because it's all just done through environmental storytelling. It's done through, again, movie advertisements, businesses. It, all um, So much of know, the world building is, is both um, uh, avoidable and also mm-hmm. like if the game puts so much trust in the player or, or just says, look, I, it, maybe you just like taking the cool photos and like, look, there's a kaiju. Like, so, like, so, right. like a lot of the seriousness that, that, that the two of you are 
and I echo in, in, in what the game is imbued with is also like eminently ignorable and, mm-hmm. and can't, you can just play it as this is a bunch <laughs> of really cool photography tools and there's some robots. I mean, some of the stuff is like, you can't ignore, like, you know, there's a, there's a soldier or, or, you know, someone who is hurt, but like there is the, 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 the game puts all that, like there's, you know, the implication that like, well, yeah, there's still capitalism here, but like all the rich people left and went to Mars. Like they said, fuck <laughs> yes. earth. Like, <laughs> and, and the only reason you know that is because there's a poster that says like, Hey, they left for Mars. Like, you know, yeah, what I mean? like, totally, and, and what totally. you can extract from there is like a whole, you know, what a, a most other games would have a whole side quest with dialogue or a, totally. or a, or an audio log that would be like, and my parents, you know, they managed to get a ticket to Mars, but like <laughs> I didn't, they left me behind. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. capitalism, go home. They went to Mars. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think trust in the player is the exact thing I would describe that. Like it, there is narrative elements that are unavoidable in this game, um, and that you will just see because, like, the, you have to see them because that's like the part of the game is looking at the environment and understanding it and interpreting it. Uh, but it does it relies on the player to become curious rather yeah. than the the game foisting this stuff upon you. You don't walk around listening to audio logs from people. You don't have side quests. You just, you know, you see something and you're like, huh. And the image just sticks in your mind and you have to go back and figure out what it means. And the clues are all there if you look at the world long <laughs> enough, but that it's not going to, it, it is going to trust you to seek them out it's yourself yeah. rather than forcing you to engage with it. Even Even the objectives that you do have are never those bits of the game right like the yeah. photos that you're like you have to take in order to like progress pr- progress are always like adjacent to or not even that close to like the specific kind of world building elements but what they do is they force you to kind of yes. look more right yeah you have to be in uh, that where, mode of investigation like, it could have been easy to see to this game take the like, actually uh, take the, find the, what you the, need the, anyway sorry I said, yeah, you have to be in that mode of investigation to find what you are. Where's the to be word dump? For. Oh, right. look at this poster about yada yada. <laughs> right, like that's, right, the, right. that's the entire just... way the game forces you into like seeing what it is it is put up everywhere totally. and to realize right. that the the posters are not just there because they're and like just fancy. Then you're supposed to art. ignore it. You're supposed to be like, well, no, this isn't picture. This isn't three feathers. I'm not supposed right. to. I'm wasting my time by reading this. Right. Stuff. Um, and I think that it's important to set all that up because the DLC macro um, steps hard in the other direction, especially in the final level, which I wish you had gotten to, Patrick. Yeah. Um, uh, I get it. Shit. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but it, the idea that you could look away is rejected wholeheartedly. Um, so macro kicks off and you're like, All right, I don't know when this is. I don't know what's going on necessarily. Um, but you're looking at a bunch of other spaces. There's no setup. Um, we should say like you play, like the yes. way like the, the the there's like a when you go to like your uh, missions, there's like a slider that you can move that shows all the different levels because there's plenty of reason you would want to like go back and do side objectives or take a different cool photo with like new tools that you've unlocked like later in the game. And then it's just like, you know, you get this. There's a question mark that's for like the very cool uh, and uh, I mean, cool and sad, I guess, end of, of the, mm-hmm. the original <laughs> game. And then just like more. And it's just like go to Gamer Paradise. And it's like, OK, um, but like with no sense of like where this fits. Like, there's a very definitive end to uh, or seemingly definitive end to to the original base game. I don't I don't know where where things go in the DLC on the timeline necessarily. Well, we'll talk about it yeah, because okay. Kato, I think, cracked it in a way that I did <laughs> not necessarily. Um, the levels, the levels in that, in that, in that, uh, that 
DLC take you through a bunch of other places um, in terms of their relationship to the main world. So, like, yes, you go to – do you go into Gamer's Paradise? Is that what that first level is? Yeah, something <laughs> like It's like Palace. a big arcade. Uh-huh. Gamer's Palace, yeah, which which has, like, little – it has, like, little arcade boots. It took me a while to figure this out, but have just little – pods underneath them it's like crawling into the bottom of, of of an arcade cabinet to be your little vr hole yeah which is fantastic <laughs> yeah and, you know, there's a dance club um and then in most of the levels there's, there's hey hold on there's a shark dj who is I, wearing a vr helmet uh-huh. yeah of course dj Tariq. right He's the one shark yep yeah. <laughs> yeah Tariq. which like uh, to, we to, all love to, him to, who to, shows up in a previous level by the oh, way in on the in the music uh, there's that the, the train level, Patrick, in the yes. main game. Uh-huh. He's constantly coming on on the radio to be like, uh-huh. he has a robot voice, and is like, "This is DJ Tariq, and I say fuck the UN or whatever." <laughs> you know, that's like who he is. Um, it's great. I love I love fucking Tariq so much. And so yeah, you get to meet. Also, I think it's a dolphin. I'm pretty sure it's a dolphin. Oh yeah, might be right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like a Johnny Mnemonic dolphin shout out. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but like there's just like cool dancing people in that level and everything's great. And then you walk through a door <laughs> and Fuck. the tone changes. Uh, and yeah. this happens in most of the levels, right, Kato? Right. Like there's always there's most of in most of these uh, of the DLC, there's always like a kind of uh, flip at some point where that shifts the perspective on what what is happening or what the tone of the place is like inside gamers palace. You've obviously got the fucking booming, like techno music, just people dancing. There's people in VR, uh, like laying out on couches in like a VIP area with like drinks all over. And then you go up the stairs and you, you exit for a second. And of course you're going to lose the music when you do that. But the, the kind of sound design here is so starkly different from the inside that you understand this, kind of divide because your friends who you you've there's always these four characters that are your friends that are in every level um that, mm-hmm. that seem to be just kind of tagging along with you wherever you're going to take these uh photos um your friends are outside and you, um for me it kind of definitely felt like the stark understanding of like, oh okay this is not a space that you're normally allowed into you can go in because you're on you're on assignment Right, you're doing a job. Yeah, you're here. there to do photos. Your friends are waiting for you outside. Yeah, yeah, this is this is this is a space though for for the upper class, right? Like the nobody like outside, like immediately outside. There's like, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of other people that aren't dressed as well, I guess you would say, or dressed differently than the people who are inside. Yeah. The, the yeah, kind inside of inside is a bunch of businessmen yeah. having, you know, uh-huh. getting drunk and dancing 100%. with people and hanging out with like playboy bunny girls yeah. with neon ears and shit. And the news is on, but like no one's paying attention to it. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a very cool level. And I think that that repeats, right? You know, there's a right. level where you're in a, a UN hangar and you get a real good close up of all the mechs, including one that is clearly integrated with one of the big blue jellyfish uh-huh. kaiju. Um, yeah, that, that bit was great too. Uh, you instance, had to like, you had to like find a key to actually open the like second hangar. And then once you get in there, yeah, there's a, there is one of the monsters like kind of wrapped itself fully around one of the other kaiju. Um, oh, is that how you read that? I see. I was reading it. I was reading it in that Ava way of like, oh, is that is that at the it? heart of each of these things? They're making them out is of this, the thing. Oh right. shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, could yeah. totally see that. It. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I mean, who knows, right? Um, Either way, it's bad. Use... There's one of these kaiju inside the fucking base. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something tonally that that struck me about Umurangi Generation that I think that the DLC, which I haven't played yet, which I plan to play, but just haven't yet. Um, that that touches on for me. I remember I was inter- an intern 
It just reminds me of graduating college, this incredibly expensive and ridiculous thing that we forced young people to do uh, right after the financial crisis. I entered college in 2008. And then by 2012, <laughs> nothing really had gotten better. So you just <laughs> enter the world with this sense of hopelessness. And I remember, mm -hmm. you know, working, interning at an art gallery and working these, these gala events. And I'd look around and everyone at the silent auction dinner is this wealthy white person eating this delicious food, looking at this incredible, beautiful art that came from artists I truly admire. And then I'd go sit in the back room with the service staff and just be like, this is, yeah, this is, I don't know if I'll ever escape this. This is it. <laughs> you know, I'm this feeding my creative impulse it. in a world that doesn't accept me <laughs> at all. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, so this DLC builds and builds. You see some other spaces that are like, you know, kind of resistant groups that are that are setting up, you know, uh, uh, underground because you're basically underground this whole game uh, or the whole the whole DLC. And then the final level is so distinct from everything else you've played First of all, because your friends, instead of sitting in one place waiting to be photographed, uh, follow you around the entire time. And secondly, because it's an active protest against the occupation of the UN. Um, the level is like covered in uh, graffiti. Um, people are helping, you know, people Should who have I been click here this now. Or are you, yeah, you can go ahead and click okay. it. You can go ahead and click it. I, I sent a link of just like this person playing through. I have the volume down. I'm sure someone is talking in this playthrough. Um, but, uh, you know, there's graffiti everywhere and you can click around going forward a little bit too. Um, there is... Uh, oh, so I did make it know, to the final level. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, is this the final... Did you did you get here? You got here? Yeah. And then oh, I was you're just so like, close. oh, there's probably two more levels. Like I'm... No, this is the final level. It, and it. so it's just a long level um, in some ways. Uh, so you, uh, you know, you're at this protest. People are moving around. Um, you know, there are there are... Uh, bottles of water for clearing people's eyes out uh, of tear gas. There are Molotov cocktails. There's like a little bit of a um, an umbrella stand, you know, not an umbrella stand, but like an umbrella wall uh, set up in certain places. And and you know, it's it's a snapshot of the protests uh, that have been that have happened across the world in various situations, and it pulls very clearly from that material uh, and has like very. Again, like most of this game is not super didactic about its politics. It's easy to miss them. It is impossible to miss them here, um, including a particular <laughs> jab at watchdogs, the game watchdogs. <laughs> if you wanted a spineless look at what's going on, play fucking watchdogs or some shit, says a piece of graffiti on the wall. Um, and so you go around, you take your photos, yeah. you get instead of getting instead of getting money here, you're getting uh, uh, social media shares and yeah. likes. Uh, and instead of getting, um, uh, instead of being penalized when you take pictures of the blue bottles, the little uh, jellyfish, you get penalized whenever you take a photo of a protester's face in full view. Mm -hmm. um, and so it continues, and then you get all your your pictures, and it says like, "Hey, it's time to like storm the UN's building, basically." Uh, so if you jump ahead to four seventeen ish, I guess um, that's that's about where it is. Um, you storm forward to the UN's uh, oh, shit. kind of structure uh, where there's a big building. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-huh. Uh, and what's revealed is the sky around you is fake. Uh, the the red, like, stoplights come on that look like just do just look like the computers from – it just looks like the Magi <laughs> from, uh, from from Ava. Yeah, and in, in, in the place of the UN's uh, original kind of office building, a, one of these giant mechs comes forward and – leans forward over every leans is the wrong word lunges forward <laughs> covering what's left of the sky um and police come out and start beating people and like mm -hmm. you are taking photos of 
this police kind of uh, uh, you know attack on the protests, um, and then and then you're escaping with your friends. Um, uh, and it's also the first time in the game you get to take a selfie. I don't know, Kata, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, right at the end during the like during the yeah during the final final end bit when you try to take a photo, it instead it becomes a sel- a selfie, so you get to see the the character's face for the first time. Um, and it's just like it's it's. I did not expect this is a game that's very passive in its presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for it to take such a hard swing here at the final on the final stage um, to say very directly, like the weapons that the state says are going to be used to protect you are also weapons that it will bring to bear against you when you critique it, when you demand things from it mm-hmm. um, and the ways in which it shows members of the UN who, you know, you'd previously seen. Um, you know, lounging at the barracks, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, playing a board game, crying right. in some cases, eating lunch, um, so quickly turned against you, mm-hmm. uh, is so fucking effective. Um, and from top to bottom, it ends up being a game that I think you know, I've said this on Twitter. I said this on Twitter before I played this level that I can't think of a game that better speaks to 2020 from 2020. Um, and I think that that is all the more clear here, uh, uh, the fact that it builds to something so dramatic. And so, you know, I, I think there's probably a critique to be made about, you know, uh, instrumentalizing the protests in this way. But I I would so much rather art that wants to engage with it in this very direct uh, way instead of stuff that kind of dances around it like the way Watch Dogs Legion does, where, like, it feels toothless because it can't be specific um, whereas here it's very much specifically, and there's other things that, that make this very specific, right? There are lots of traditional Maori uh, elements, whether that's uh, you know particular icons and art, or uh, there's a there's a weapon in one of the levels where it's like take a picture of uh, a sledgehammer, an axe, and then a. I looked at I had to look it up because because it's one of those words like I don't know what yeah. this word means. Um, and and I was like, oh shit, this is like a traditional piece of of kind of Maori culture. Uh, and that was like a really and they have a laser interesting version way. of it, and they have a sick yeah laser <laughs> yeah. version of it yeah it's fucking uh, great because fuck it why not I right? mean just uh, watching the, this the Tayaha is what it's called watching this after having gone to protest and I'm not not claiming that I was like really in the shit or anything I I was too scared to stay out past curfew because I am afraid of being in physical pain. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. Well, it's like <laughs> this is I mean, it, it emotionally captures the feeling that I had this summer that I have not really seen media really. It's difficult to capture the feeling of being at a protest, especially when we're like the you are surrounded by people who are completely on your side. <laughs> like we would walk, mm-hmm. we would march down these streets and like people would lean out their buildings cheering for us. Bus drivers. I, we walk past the bus and there was an MTA employee in it just watching us and sobbing, you know, like out of happiness. And yeah. this that was the kind of reception we had in the face of uh, a mayor and a governor who clearly wanted us all to be beaten and arrested like that. He deliberately, Mayor de Blasio, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. talking to Heather Alexandra about how she had to hide in a bush one night trying to get back from Williamsburg, you know? Like these, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of the state being against you it is so clearly captured in these moments, and I'm so impressed that the game went here. I and it, yeah. yeah. And one other thing that I just want to say for people who do go to protests, it's like straight up, actually, do just don't take pictures of, prote- of protesters' faces. Just don't do it. Like, yeah. Please yeah. stop yeah. doing that. Do <laughs> like, please don't do it. Yeah, it is like it is such an obvious, you know, symbol and, and that that is that is easy to read and not 
particularly subtle, but like this game ends with a statue of a mech holding an American flag, uh, kind of shrinking into the background as an actual American mech shows up to threaten a bunch of, uh, you know, much, much, much weaker human protesters to just stand over them and glower at them mm-hmm. and kind of like say, listen, you can't win this fight, which which leads to, Kato, I think your theory yeah. about when this, this all takes place, right? Yeah, it, it absolutely for me kind of crystallized both what was happening in the original game and where this takes place. Because for me, this reads like a prequel to the base game, where the reason that you and your friends are kind of, or and like a lot of the like local, uh, the a lot of the locals and a lot of the kind of communities you see in the base game are, seem to be, ignoring or just like trying like they're dancing in the streets they're doing whatever and like kind of ignoring the shit falling down around them and i kind of assumed given how they had positioned the un that it's like okay the un is fucking up here but this to me here is you see this and like they keep mentioning that this is the second wave of attacks so the way Mm -hmm. i read this is that this is happening during the first wave of attacks and people are see the un come in and see the un fucking up this defense and understand that the UN are not actually, you know, doing a good job or listening to uh, the the local population about how to take care of how to how to deal with this issue. And right, much of the graffiti is about how much local how much damage is being caused to local communities. Yeah. How many civilians have been killed in these attacks, basically. And so then you get to the the pro the the protest, and you understand that it the the people in the base game aren't necessarily ignoring the issue because. Um, just because there's nothing that they can do individually. It's more that they've tried to do something and the state crushed them, right? There's yeah. no, they've reached the point of no return. They understand that. And it's like, they're trying to live out their last days. Like the state has already fucking said, no, we're not going to listen to you. Uh, so like all you can do at that point is try to, you know, <laughs> enjoy what life you have left. And, uh, you know, however you can uh, survive until you can't anymore, right? Like the, 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 the DLC is definitely, to me, then set kind of previously to show that, like, yeah, they tried. They tried something for sure. And as is, is the case in a lot, of, uh, a lot of times when you have, like, um, uh, kind of state power thinking they have the correct solution, but the correct solution always hurts someone like further down the line that they're just like not worried about, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. It's kind yeah. of like uh, the mayor, the governor of your state uh, going on a book tour and accepting an <laughs> Emmy award while cases of a deadly virus are rising and he's uh-huh. not literally just not doing anything about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do then? That's I it. mean, mutual aid, do video game streams, whatever the fuck you can. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. 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 Uh, so yeah, Umrangi uh, generation com- completely impressed me uh, this year. I thought it would be a fun diversion when it first came out. I thought it'd be like, wow, cool. Like I miss being in the city, and it does do that stuff too. Um, but but it is it is you know from its photography mechanics, yeah. you can you can lay down now. You can, with the <laughs> DLC, you unlock the ability to lay down, which is sick um, to take photos. Um, uh, to, but but from that stuff through its environmental storytelling and, and its sense of style and and culture. Um, it is such a specific thing in a year in which I've played so many games meant to feel as general as possible. Yeah, meant to feel like, hey, we don't want to, sh- we don't want to, you know, scare people off. We don't want to, uh, we want to appeal to everybody if possible. We want to have, sp- we want to make space for all perspectives or multiple perspectives. This is a single perspective 
uh, given motion, and I'm I'm very very happy with it. So shout outs uh, to to the developers. Shout outs to uh, the musician because because the music in this game fucking slaps so hard. Yeah. Um, it's been with me all year, and and yeah, I, I'm so happy to in a year where I've been not happy about man, many things. This is one that I'm happy to just like yell from the rooftops about. If you have not played this game, please give it a look at least. There's a demo on Steam. Um, go fuck around with it because I think it's worth your time. It's coming to Switch. Shit, when is it coming to Switch? I feel like I should know this. <laughs> I think soon. Yeah, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been said. Okay, they haven't said yet. Okay, but also, yeah, yeah. yeah that that will be coming if you if you have that, but don't have a a PC necessarily. But yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, also, it looks sick on Switch because you can move the Switch to move your camera. Uh, yeah, around. it's gonna be that great. Awesome. I'm gonna replay this <laughs> fucking game again. Like, there's no, yeah, it's so fucking good. Uh. Um. I mean, these are some good games of the year, right? Yeah. When you I look at so it too. this way, we we had some bangers come out, right? Every we year did. when I think about video games that come out this year, I'm just like, I don't remember a single thing that happened. But this year, I think at least it was not a year of completely bland bullshit where everything felt soulless. There, there was some good shit. There was some good shit. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. With that. We should end this podcast so we can do our next one. Thank you all for joining <laughs> us. Uh, we're going to sneak in another podcast, and then we're going to be done for the year. Cannot wait. Uh, I hope everyone has a good holiday, and I hope you enjoy our final podcast coming up in uh, time. I don't know if it's a day. I don't know if it's two days. I don't know if it's next Might week. Might be two days. It'll be out when it's out. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. No promises, <laughs> you know? Um. All right. I guess I we already kind of said it based on the whole Umarangi, uh uh, segment, but fuck capitalism, go home. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. We have to fucking do more capitalism here and do another fucking podcast. So, but do what we don't do. Go home. <laughs> Spend time with your with your loved ones. Bye. <laughs>
Let's, it's a good thing that you asked. One second. Let's find out if it's fine. Uh, I'm going to need none of what I just said is on this recording. Okay. I have the backup. Um, you have that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me export this right now as part one. Okay. Um, cool. And then we'll have to clap back in then. Yeah. 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 A truly stupid reason, which was I was like, well, my modem seems like it's trying to restart, but my computer is not connecting to it. Let me try to restart my computer. Ah. And I just hit restart. And I was like, yeah, just go ahead and restart it. It's fine. It was not fine. I had to save this. Look at Mina in clockout mode behind you. That is Rob soon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. I didn't take another picture. Uh, <laughs> She's so adorable. I, 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 really... I, saw, I saw Rob doing this earlier. Oh, Christmas oh, um, the person that I had come over to meet meet um Cinder the cat yesterday yeah. loved Cinder loved him. He really liked Cinder. She ate out of his hand. Aww. Like I'm got I'm gonna email some shelters today to see if we can get her vetted cheap so that he could just nice, take her nice, home nice. because that'd be great. Like, God, he just I mean, she's clearly Festivus like hungry miracle and cold. for Cinder. I know. Like I need <laughs> to get her out of this fucking snow. I'm gonna set up a box out there t- today with um yeah. so, <clears throat> some something to burrow in. Because I, I think she gets harassed by the rest of the cat colony. I think she's adopted no. by backyard. Yeah, I don't think the cat colony likes her. I don't think she bonded with her sibling. So mm. she's really clearly lo- like depends oh. on humans. She wants people. Yeah, she wants yeah. people. She tries to get in my house every fucking day. <laughs> so. There you go. All right. Um, let's do another clap. Let's uh, time that is. All right. And- um, make sure you refresh time that is if you've had it open. I learned recently that it, it will desync over enough time. Seems self defeating, but I know. There we go. Are we there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do 20. Uh, so what's our time limit on this on this first? It sounds like 1 p.m. is ba- Oh, like. Sorry, I mean, Patrick suggested doing a time limit per game. Yeah, I thought uh, because these are going to be games we've talked about before, right? right. So, um, like, a, not there won't be new conversations, but a lot of it is uh, revisiting old, old, yeah. old ground. And so, I don't know if that has to be like Kata with a buzzer as much as maybe he's like giving you a soft nod or something like that. Yep. It doesn't need to be to like that. But chat. I think, yeah, um, you know, if we, you know, what's it's only it's only it's only going to be four games, right? Um, or maybe even three. I don't know. Let's, I guess let's I talk about. Let's, find let's, out. let's just reveal. <laughs> like, okay, let's, so let's, let's yeah, let's not let's let's clap. I'm, let's I'm Hades. Oh wait, wait, no, don't say it. Don't say it. No, don't we should. We need we need to figure out what the overlap is. Okay, or do you want to do that fine, on the pod? Okay. I want to do it on the pod. Okay, that's that's, that's fine. good content. That's fine. That's fine. That's yeah, good fine. content. That's good. That's good. Okay, just why is my why is my camera not working? Also, we'll do the math. We'll do the math in real time on the pod after. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. Process. Um, um, all right. I think I have this. Hmm? Did not share. Okay. I think, I think this is just not working. It's fine. It's fine. Can you look um, it on your phone? Worst case? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We're good. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. It, it, you know what? It doesn't matter because it's not, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Let's go to time. That is. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> time. This is a regular episode. I don't need that intro. It's fine. Um, For once, I'm there before the podcast started. <clears throat> Amazing. Um, I got my backup going. I'm going to, one second, I'm going to turn myself down just a, a, a little bit, just a little baby bit. I got a new mixer mm. and a new mic. Ooh, fancy. Sounds better. All right.
<laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that it means I'm hoping that it means good things. All right. <laughs> Let's clap at 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs>